0: Again and again, I think I've had.
1: Coming to you on Blink Radio 94.5 FM. This is Antisocial, a show where we look at the give and take of social media, what we see on our feeds. And in this holiday season, we try to do more giving than taking. I don't know. My
0: social feed has no give and take. It's sort of lefts and rights. It's (laughs) just one big knockdown drag out brawl. Um, Although I think that speaks volumes about the people we follow and how we follow them. Tony, you probably follow a nicer crowd than I do.
1: Well, I would say that I have my share of people just
0: Yeah, but you're like an, ranting
1: in strange directions and I'm like just it's just a Twitter see, feed. See, I man.
0: Just, just I just <laughs> would imagine yours to be more erudite, like people sort of debating the merits of I don't know, chemistry or something. Mine's just idiots like me just yelling back and forth.
1: Well, I'm hoping maybe for the next few weeks, uh things calm down a little bit it doesn't i don't think so based on the way the last couple of years have been but we can only hope right
0: no and we have our own issues at home uh we we have a little issue we need to talk about today
1: (laughs) yes it just keeps on going the story that keeps on giving you know we'll be writing stories about that for a hundred (laughs) years Uh, the Rickenbacker I, Causeway.
0: Thank goodness we have a guest with us who is uh, who's who's phoning in remotely. Uh, who happens to know everything that needs to know, and she's sane, and she's smart, and she's going to uh, she's going to settle the record for this. Hopefully, uh, at least for where we are right now, Commissioner at, Regalado.
1: At least, at least for Friday. <laughs> Before we hit
0: Happy we Hour, can lock
1: down Friday. <laughs>
0: Uh, I
2: promise I'm not sending any memos today. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. Our,
0: our commissioner, uh, Commissioner Regalado,
1: is joining us. Um, yes, from, from Raquel Regalado from District 7. And just to set up for our <laughs> listeners, who may not be, just to catch you up on episode whatever 98 we are of this, the, um, <laughs> no, the no. Uh, we had this, once upon a time, there was this idea for uh, re- redoing the causeway. And there was a secret proposal that came from the, Plan Z Consortium uh, that's led by Bernard Ziskovich, who wants to have a bicycle-friendly causeway. And it triggered a series of meetings and an RFP process, and then the RFP process was extended. And most recently, there were questions about how it would be financed. The mayor of Miami-Dade County ordered a value-for-money study, which concluded essentially that, you know, you could keep going this way, but probably you really should think about doing it all over again, starting from scratch. And that's when our guest, Commissioner, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Commissioner Regalado said, I think the quote you used was stop duct tape duct taping. Right. Is that what you said?
2: (laughs) Yes. Because this RFP is like something out of like a MacGyver show. You know, it has like chewing gum and duct tape. And we're going to go around one more time. Uh, It's been very contrived. uh, And really, that was the best analogy to kind of explain all the different changes And I thought it was important because like we discussed when this process first started, this is a creature of the county commission. Uh, the Board of County Commissioners is a big fan of the unsolicited proposal. And that was our biggest issue kind of dealing with this is that because it was recently created by the Board of County Commissioners, because we don't have that many of them, a lot of the conversations have been about not discouraging people from doing unsolicited proposals. And when we first started talking about actually what are the best practices for these unsolicited proposals, and, and we talked about the public meetings that I requested. Those are the first times that we had those public meetings. And the sense on my board was well, is this really what we want for unsolicited? Um, and I think that there should be a stakeholder component in the unsolicited different than what the, the ordinance says that stakeholders cannot have a voice uh, during the cone. I think that they can have a voice as long as that voice is in the sunshine and that played out. And that was probably like detour number one on RFP and then like detour number two on RFP. And then um, when we got to the value for money. I was really disappointed with the document. Uh, So I'll start there. You
1: you explain that to me in our our conversation. Why? What were you expecting from that document?
2: Uh, Some historical information, right? Because if you read the value for money, it's written as if we're building a new bridge. As if the county hasn't been collecting tolls and maintaining this bridge, Uh, as if the county wasn't the one who didn't maintain it properly and now needs someone to come theoretically and rescue them, right? So I was really hoping that it would lay out uh, the history of the tolling and we can have a conversation about. Who's using it? How are they using it? How many even I mean, I have focused on the infrastructure piece, but I even thought that it could have grappled with the safety piece. Right. Why not have, you know, an intro that really goes historically, you know, as to what's happened on the causeway and deals with all these issues, the value for money. You know, for me, when I read it, I just felt like you and I could have gone on Google you know, found the document and kind of inserted Rickenbacker. Right. Um, And then put in put in a table. I mean, it was very generic. And this is a very specific project that the county is the keeper of the information. And and maybe the county didn't provide um, the company that did the value for money with that information. Maybe they didn't request it. Well, we I mean, on the, Monday, uh, that's the, one of my questions.
0: Those of us on the outside who peer into government occasionally with a skeptical eye, as most people do these days, we sort of read that and went, oh, this was the kill switch. This was the scapegoat. This is the reason that this gives everybody political cover to say, yeah, we don't want to do this anymore. Um yeah. I,
2: I think, I think if you wanted to do that, I mean, the historical data would have probably supported that. No, I mean, well, the historical I, data wouldn't have hurt. I, I think correct. if you're gonna if you're gonna make an analysis, again, if this was an analysis of a bridge that has not been built, then great, it's a whole theoretical thing. But this is an actual bridge. It actually costs a certain amount of money to build it. It actually costs a certain amount of money to maintain it. I think there should be analysis of how the county has maintained it. There needs to be an analysis of the tolls that were that were collected uh, compared to the users. And I was really expecting that in the value for money. If we're going to talk about the financials, then let's deep dive into the financials. Uh, and I didn't You're, get that from this document. And
1: more importantly, if I could set up the next question, it didn't talk about the missing pieces because you have a commission, your colleagues on, on the board, uh, have made it very clear commissioner. They do not want massive toll increases. Neither does the residents of Key Biscayne. Although I should point out in fairness, they're paying far less than everybody else is with the uh, annual annual plans. But even still, uh, the revenue, the, the, the volume being generated by Key Biscayne residents, 15,000, not enough to make a significant difference, but, there's a shortfall, right? And the, the, the report did say this plan, we, one of the big questions yeah. is what is the federal input? Right. And, and so we don't know. I, mean, I was hoping to see, well, what is the gap? How much money has to come from tolls is going to generate X. Your project is going to cost this. Wh- what is the size of the gap? What do you have to plug it with? Right.
2: Right. Right. And, and that, I mean, we had some generalities, in this analysis, but I think that I think we could have done that. Right. I think I think the three of us could have kind of gone on Google and been like, oh, generally, like, <laughs> well, I mean, that that a range. That, goes, uh, that
0: goes back to the idea is I don't I didn't read it as if it was a serious document to suggest that perhaps this project is at all feasible. I read it as sort of the fait complete. let's kill the thing, here's the reason why, and nobody has to take it political blame. But say blank.
2: that at the end, though. At the end, it kind of said, like, you know, to Tony's point, like, you have these two paths, choose wisely, you know? I mean, it's kind of like... <laughs> Obi-Wan. It's it, the Obi-Wan it ended, Wan it ended, like, in a very kind of, like, obvious, like, Thank you, Captain Obvious. Uh yes, we actually have these two paths and we can we're gonna choose. We got that. Um, so you know, and 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 again, I mean, I there was also this all this like lead up to it, right? So, you know, they were like, Oh, like the value for money. We were all like waiting for the value for money. I mean, maybe, maybe the the lead up was too much. And maybe we were expecting something like a little bit more profound. But I found myself like I read the document and then I was like, huh, maybe I missed something. Let me read that again. And then I was like, yeah, no, there's nothing there. It's missing substance. <laughs>
1: so right. then you so, but let can we move But well, I guess my question. The mayor, the mayor is having a meeting on this is uh next week. It's right. gonna be a town hall. She's gonna get public input. She so far is staying. Neutral, although I, I would say clearly she's telegraphing that she's moving away from the, the prior process. I mean, that, that's the body language so far. Um, hardly a full-throated defense of the current RFP. If she were to, is it, do you view it, uh, you've you already called for the process to start on a different path. Do you think it's critical that the mayor come to that decision? Hey, commission, I'm recommending that you start over. Is that that what has to happen in your view?
2: Um, that, I think that would be the best thing. I mean, she started this process, you know, she recommended that we go down this path. I mean, I think it would, the best thing would be for the administration to say, um, uh, look, we changed our mind. Uh, we can't fix this. And actually we think that we should do X, Y, Z. Um, if the mayor doesn't do that, it falls upon the County commission to see if we can do that. But remember, we have these limitations with the holds. So I've already asked, you know, regarding that process, because the person who holds the holds on, um, this, on these items is, uh, the chairman. So then it, I, I have to confirm this week, if I would need a release from the chairman to bring the item Or if I can bring the item because it's specific to an RFP that impacts my district. However, the argument could be made that it is a countywide asset, even though it's in district seven. So it's a lot easier for the administration to say, hey, county commission, I can't make this decision without you. But this is these are my feelings. And by the way, she can make a recommendation either way. You know, I mean, she can say, "I, I think we should continue with this process. Tell me what you think. You know, or I think, you know, I think we should continue with this process and make changes. I think we should continue with this process and not make changes, or I think we should stop these process. Those are her three options. Now, she can't do it on her own. She needs the board of county commissioners to vote on it, but an action item needs to come before the board of county commissioners. Uh, the the alternative would be for me to bring the item um, at either as a discussion item or as Uh, an item to terminate the RFP. And then the board of county commissioners would have to move on that. And that would go to committee and then to the full board. So there would be an opportunity for folks to speak on it at committee and then at the full board. Now, what's interesting is we kind of touched on this a little this week at the board of county commissioners, because the chairman brought an item that tweaks um, the ordinance on 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 this you know on this not not on this RFP but, but the on process the
0: unsolicited, process solicited unsolicited RFP process on the
2: unsolicited yeah. proposal overall so we actually did speak on this uh last week and I used the Rick and as an example Uh, of how this has gotten like all contorted and how we need to figure out what are the best practices for this. So, uh, what the, what the chairman was doing was trying to limit the time that the mayor has to provide the board of County commissioners with a recommendation regarding, uh, an unsolicited proposal. And he wanted to shorten it from 90 days to 60 days. I requested an amendment saying, well. I mean, because the mayor was saying, actually, I want to keep it at 90 days. And she mentioned the value for money um, and wanting to include the value for money in this process. Now, this value for money was done in a little over 30 days. But like I was saying, I'm not very impressed by it. So I don't know if that's enough time to do an adequate value for money. My point was in my experience with the county, the problem with the county has always been multiple departments. So I said, well, you know, the board of county commissioners want 60 days, the mayor wants 90 days, how's about 60 days, if it's one department, 90 days, if it's multiple departments. Uh, So that's kind of what we decided on. We also put a monetary cap on it, which Commissioner Higgins um, added to it, we amended the item and the item moved forward. So but no one said absolutely not, you know, you're wrong, Commissioner about the Rickenbacker. I mean, I mentioned it, you know, and kind of everybody rolled their eyes like, yes, the Rickenbacker has been a little bit, you know, off the rails. So it's a flawed process.
0: It's a flawed process and it needs fixing.
2: Right. Well, I mean... I think that it's a new process. I have never been a huge fan, but I understand and I respect that my colleagues, you know, are fans and that a lot of them, you know, would want these for their districts. But like everything, I think everything at the Board of County Commissioners, you know, you, you learn from these mistakes and you tweak it, you know, and you figure out what works. I believe that the original recommendation that I made that I repeated in my memo about creating a committee where people can speak, where stakeholders can speak. I think that's important. I think that the the two opportunities that we have given Key Biscayne and other stakeholders to speak on this issue have been important. By the way, this is the first time that this happens in in this process. But I think that's something that we should consider adding to this process. Um, so, you know, the other thing that I mentioned was um, the the trade secret piece. I think that that needs to be like thought out better because, you know, the, the other argument that we hear in this is, well, we have to keep this RFP going because we have to protect our trade secret. Well, wait a second. There's a lot of different ways to protect your trade secret. Well, but but in
1: fairness, in fairness, that was a risk. When someone sends in an unsolicited proposal, the key word is unsolicited. Right. They took a risk that 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 would be acted on. Well, for various reasons, it didn't work out. Well, that's the risk they took when they paid the fee. It's several uh, it's a fairly large amount of money they pay to do that. And the documents become public. And that's that's uh, that's a risk that they, they took knowingly.
2: Right. But the 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 statute changed. So that's another like hiccup in this whole thing. The statute changed. And, you know, some of my colleagues believe that in this legislative session that they can fix that. That has never been my experience. You can never get something done in the following legislative session. It takes two to three legislative sessions to get something done. I mean, we've been trying to use the pace Program uh, to do septic to sewer for four legislative sessions. So I think it's kind of uh, naive to think that this is somehow a priority for Tallahassee and that they're going to immediately fix it. So that's why I said, look, the trade secret protection was always there. I think we should do a rider, and I think that they, it should be on them to protect their trade secret. That way, this is not an issue for us you know, and you're right. I mean, you you bring it, you know, you take the risk. But if you feel really strongly that it's your trade secret, then you have the right to protect that, uh, to keep it a trade secret and to prove in court that it's a trade secret so that it does not have to be disclosed. And I think that answers the concern that my colleagues have about the chilling effect that not having some protection would have on this process. So there's a way to balance it. Yeah,
0: but I, I, I think that the biggest problem with the process from the outside looking in is that you have residents that are ahead of government on very important projects. So we know that the Bear Cut Bridge needs to be repaired, and we know that the Rickenbacker needs to be repaired or maintained. We know that those are going to be expensive. One would imagine that the county would come up with a plan and say, here's how we're going to do this, this is our needs, and throw an RFP out there, not have it the other way around with a resident going, yeah, all this needs to be happening, so uh, here's my
2: plan. Right. Well, I mean, and that's what I said at the end of my memo, right? These are are needs that we should be dealing with, period. Even if you were to agree with this RFP, this is going to take years. This is actually a very long process. So if, you know, if I believe that we need to deal with bear cut right now. I believe we need to deal with bear cut yesterday, right? We need to deal with bear cut. And saying we're going to deal with bear cut in two years or three years is not sufficient.
1: Should should it come out and be done separately?
2: Well, I mean, I I think that we should start working on bear cut, period. I mean, and, and I think we also need to answer why the county has taken so long to deal with the bear cut issue, which is an answer that I have yet, you know, received from the county. So I'm actually working on that. I think I finally am getting an answer as to what exactly has happened with the tolls. Uh, Because I think it's a legitimate question and one that the residents of Key Biscayne, you know, need to have a conversation about where have these tolls been going? Have we not been collecting enough tolls? What's going on with it? You know, how much do we need for maintenance? How much do we need to repair, you know, bear cut? And then what are our other options? And look, I've been dealing with the issue of Mass Academy. You know, we've had meetings, we've brought everybody to the table. You know, we're trying to find solutions. Yeah, I think a pedestrian bridge would be the best long-term solution. But as, a, as your county commissioner, I need to find a solution now. We need a solution now, and then we can have a long-term. And that's, I think, the the main gist of what's going to happen with this RFP. We need a solution right now, and then we can think long term. And if and, and you know, the mayor focused on the cyclist safety bit, and and I'm not um, downplaying that. But again, let's talk about that now. What can we do about that now? If that's such a priority, how are we going to sit on that for three years?
1: All right. We we uh, I have a zillion more questions, but we have another big topic we want to get to uh uh so let's move pivot to that cuz we we want to keep it moving and this is and something involving a completely different topic but really also very important is electing a sheriff yes. in Miami-Dade County which is something that the voters of the state of Florida have ordained that we must have an elected sheriff we're the only county in the state that does not have an elected sheriff and that was changed i believe in the 50s after the result of some a big corruption schedule uh, scandal and you know no one was lobbying anyone to change that it just got imposed up from above by the state
2: right so um so what happened um is that
1: <laughs> you know tom likes his law enforcement music
2: <laughs>
1: nice will
0: right right sorry
2: so- it was either
0: that or Scarface.
2: I didn't know. Which one yeah. So that. so the story, the story goes as follows. You know, our legislators in Tallahassee had some issues in other counties. This was not driven by Miami-Dade County. Miami-Dade County was, you know, we're like the redheaded stepchild of the, the state of Florida. No one sits yeah, around okay. in Tallahassee thinking about laws that are going to benefit or hurt Miami-Dade County. Whoever thinks that they think about us has clearly not been in Leon County. But they had issues with other counties, uh, and they came up with this plan, and we just got sucked into it. This is the famous Amendment Ten. The county actually sued on this, and I thought,
1: Well, oh, did we lose somebody?"
0: I think so. Well, the interesting thing that she was get, she was sort of getting to was that uh, Amendment Ten. Sort of was written for other counties, but you have a different take on that. You, you, you've actually posited that Amendment Amendment Ten is the uh, Maryland class red herring amendment.
1: Well, and that's we had a we had a show back last election cycle with uh, Marion Class, who's the State House bureau who's, chief. Who's a for, genius? Yeah, for for the Miami Herald, and uh, really, uh, uh, there's a lot of four dimensional chess going on with these amendments. It's not always about what's on the ballot. It's about what is being kept off of the ballot. There was an amendment, for instance, last time to make it uh, a requirement in the Constitution that only citizens be allowed to vote, but that's already the case. So we put another amendment in. There is an amendment added for something, this is not this cycle, but before called Marcy's Law, which protects victims' rights. There was already victims' rights protection in the Constitution. Why are you adding another section that, that, that repeats What the other section did? Because
0: one, you're only allowed to have so many amendments on any ballot, and two, there's only so many workers to go around and get signatures. So if you could, and that's the real reason. So if you could hire all of the workers, then nobody else gets to get their amendment on the ballot. Even so, you could block other amendments by throwing nonsensical ones on there that's that that's what marion class was sort of talking through and it was sort of revelatory to me i think you you had the same feeling
1: indeed and you know if you can have a, a, a meritorious debate about whether or not it makes sense to uh, to continue to uh have a uh
0: appointed uh, sheriff versus yeah, an, appointed a, sheriff
1: an or, appointed, elected, uh, where, or whether in general we should uh we should continue to have uh, elections, making decisions on referendum about issues like this, you know that's often a question, right? Uh, governor, former governor Jeb Bush used to go on about an amendment that banned the treat some treatment of pregnant pigs. So, and that's now a member of the part of the right. constitution. But, but,
0: yeah, but but this is what we're facing. We we have this amendment already. We are going to have a sheriff. The sorry question about, is. Sorry about that. No, no, no. She's I <laughs> listen. I say things all the time that people hang up on me. I'm used to it.
2: No, now. no. I'm actually, I'm actually getting a metal roof, and my roofer just like knocked down the Wi-Fi, and then like he was like, "Sorry, Raquel," <laughs> and then it came back on again. Well, so, at least it, uh, I, I, you're,
1: <laughs> and you're and this is because you're having reindeer, right? It's reinforcements for reindeer. Nice. Okay, just making sure. Well
2: no, it's actually because I live in a 1950s house and I have citizen's property insurance. So I have to get a metal roof. Uh, so it that's that's a whole other show. Like yeah. I could tell you a whole other story about how Tallahassee impacts our everyday life.
0: We'll have you back for yeah. the insurance conversation. Yeah,
2: for the insurance part of this. But we're on to the yeah, sheriff
0: so, and, and yeah. you know, Tony, Tony's. Tony's hypothesis was that this was an amendment that was actually put on the ballot to block other am- amendments. It's, it was just something that passed by happenstance. I don't yes. fall. It was into sandwiched. That
2: line. It was sandwiched in between other amendments. And the reason that it got support here in Miami Dade County by some folks is because they wanted to create a countywide bench where you could have these these electeds that could run for mayor. You know, because that's one of the issues that we have in Miami Dade mm-hmm. County. It literally costs millions of dollars to have name name, uh, countywide name rec. I say it as someone who ran for mayor, right? So there's very few people who have the name rec to be able to run a countywide campaign. So they created these offices as incubators so that people could grow their name rec and then run for mayor. Uh, but that was then, this is now. The current problem that we have now is that, um, you know, one of the county commissioners has been holding this item for two years now by law, we have to create the office uh, for the August 2024 election. And I just don't understand why we're not having this conversation and we're not involving the public. We have so many decisions to make. I've been talking about it for a year at the county commission. I even got the mayor to create an account and save, you know, a few million dollars. Not enough. I mean, my estimate of what it's going to cost us is about 150 million. She put 13 million in an account, but... You know, this is going to have a dramatic impact on our budget. And I've been talking to my fellow commissioners every time we get the chance, every time we approve a contract, I'm like, hey, folks, this is going to be impacted by the countywide offices and specifically by the sheriff. So the the way that the statute is written, the sheriff's duties are to effectuate writs. But the county commission can add more to that. And that's sort of where we're at. But there's nothing even drafted. And And, and the person who's drafting it wants to be the sheriff.
1: Right. And and your position is it you do not want this new uh, elected official to be basically the head of the Miami-Dade police. You want to you want to be as minimal duties as required by statute and let and and have the 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 Miami-Dade County Police Department be run as it currently is appointed, supervised by the mayor. And then, you know, the normal checks and balances that go in that system.
2: Exactly. And and why is that important to keep this game? Because when I when I say the sheriff will have its own millage, what I mean by that is the way that the the statute um, is constructed, the sheriff will bring a budget to the Board of County Commissioners, the Board of County Commissioners will either accept or reject that budget. If we reject that budget. Um, The sheriff can then go to the governor's cabinet and overrule the board of county commissioners, thereby establishing his or her own millage. And every resident of Miami-Dade County will pay it. So people need to understand that the bigger the office, the bigger the ask. If you give the sheriff unincorporated Miami-Dade's police force. And you allow them to have 4,000 plus officers and countywide services, then there's more of an opportunity for that sheriff to say, actually, you know what? I need 6,000 officers Um, and that's going to be 50 million more. And I'm going to go to the governor and I'm going to get that. And that goes directly, you know, on we can't we can't even appeal it. If the governor and his cabinet say it's okay, the residents of Miami Dade County pay it, and as county commissioners, it's, you know we have like a, we have no control.
1: He comes; the sheriff comes with his own special taxing district,
2: pretty yeah. much, pretty yeah. much, and it's county wide. And and by the way, you know the people who want this larger office of the sheriff, they compare it to Broward, which I think is fascinating. How many? Okay, let's do it this way: which Broward County sheriff hasn't been investigated? I mean, I think that's a shorter list, you know, but you know, than which county. <laughs> that's Georgia. why
0: Miami-Dade got rid of the sheriff. I What was it in the 70s or something? Because of uh, just, 60s. It
2: was they, in the they, 60s. Like,
0: they were running a criminal gambling ring or something like that.
2: that yes. You know, the with inherent like problem with it. And, and, you know, they were like a mafia. But, you know, I think it's important for people to understand that this is going to impact every police force. And the other thing that's important, and I say this as a school board member, Miami Dade County is the only county that has a um, school board police force. Right. So one of the reasons that these sheriffs, you know, have the power that they have is because they also do schools. We don't do that here. We have our own school board police force and that's separate and apart. So we don't need this overarching, you know, office of the sheriff. And what it will eventually do is it will eliminate all of unincorporated Miami-Dade because the people who live in unincorporated are not going to have access to their police force in the way that they have now. So they're going to decide to annex and incorporate. And eventually that will all, you know, disappear and we'll have this. We'll have two police forces. We'll have your municipal one and then the sheriff one that will be able to cover everything. And I think that's duplicative, unnecessary. Uh, but we do have an opportunity to do the writs right. So one of the things that I've been working on at the county commission are the evictions, the writs, you know, the reports on it. We had a lot of issues during the pandemic. So I think it's a great opportunity to really get a hold on that. And do it properly and structure an office of the sheriff that effectuates the writs in a comprehensive way that works for everyone.
1: So Mm -hmm. what 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 is necessary to get traction on this? I mean, I I think it's it's so under the radar, but public safety is a huge issue to almost every voter. When you 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 ask them what's important, it's just not not.
2: Right. There. So this has been kept under the radar by the very county commission that's going to make the decision, right? So uh, we're actually going to discuss it next week at the chairman's policy council. Because of the way that our policy on the hold works, we can't bring an item until Joe Martinez brings an item. And he wants to hold it hostage until the very end, because the longer he holds the item, the harder it becomes for anyone else to run for this office. So that's why I say that you have the fox in charge of the hen house, right? The people who are going to run for the these offices potentially are the ones that are creating the offices. And that's why we need to do it sooner rather than later, not just because of the fiscal impact, but also so that we can give people the opportunity to run for them. If he holds it until April of 2024, who else is going to be able to run, you know, in August of 2024. And, And that's part of the issue.
0: Well, I, that's part of the overarching issue. It's it's actually one of the reasons why, without any information and out without any campaigning, this item actually passed, because people don't trust the government. And if you say, hey, who do I want? How do I want my uh, my police protection? Do I want somebody that I vote in? Or do I trust those people to nominate the right person? Then I think... Just off the onset, without education and without any public awareness, without any type of outreach, people generally are skeptic of their their g- governments and they're going to want to pull power away from them. That's how this happens. Right, this, is, this exploited agree. skepticism.
2: Agree, agree. But if you ask the people who live in unincorporated Miami-Dade, they will tell you that they're completely happy with the Miami-Dade County Police Force uh, and that they're happy with the chief. And look, one of the great examples of this is Surfside. If we would have had a disconnect, right, between the police and fire, which is what this proposes, Surfside wouldn't have happened the way that it happened. The reason that it happened that way is because Miami-Dade County Police is under the mayor right now. And those two departments can work together because they're under the same person. So, these are things to consider as we move forward and you know I hope next week we talk about it we also have on the agenda changing the rule on the holds I think this issue of the holds is absurd the fact that someone can hold an item hostage for 8 years there's no limit I mean as long as you're elected you can hold something hostage Well this
1: this sounds like the we're slightest. already talking about Washington DC and and secret holds and filibusters we have no filibusters yes. though <laughs> Well, again, these are issues that people... <laughs> they don't have the
2: patience for that. They don't have the patience for that. Uh, but, but I think there should be a limit on the time that you can have an item and there should be some sort of tolling provision. I mean, if you have a legitimate reason why something is taking you so long, then take it to the Board of County Commissioners and explain yourself. But you can't just hold an item hostage until you feel fit to bring it before the Board of County Commissioners because you also impact... The public's ability to discuss this item, which I think in terms of the sheriff is the is the bedrock of this. And, and there, there isn't be the equivalent of a I, I'm
1: not a you know, I'm not a master of the you know, and I I, I defer to Doug Hanks, you know, who to understand all these rules. But uh, at the Miami Herald, but there's not a discharge petition thing where a certain number of commissioners can say, listen, I don't care, whatever we, we have to bring us out to the floor.
2: Well, that's what we're going to talk about. We're, right now, the rule on the holds, which, by the way, is county commission created. So, this was created by the county commission. It is our creature. So, we can edit this creature however we want. Right now, you can have a hold in perpetuity. And the only thing that we have is a list of for the people that come after, should you release the hold? That's all we have. So, so we're going to talk clear, about limits.
0: But clear this rule. up for me because, uh, you know, uh, who's the gatekeeper?
2: Well, the, the, well, that's interesting. The attorneys are the gatekeepers. So the, our county attorneys are the ones that keep the list of the holds. And they have who requested the item first because it's first come, first serve. So, um, you know, whoever requested it, they get and they get to go as broad as they want when they, you know, you only narrow the, you know, and that's the other problem with this. You only narrow the subject matter when you draft. So by not drafting, you keep the subject matter broad. So it actually penalizes you for drafting and putting legislation together because the minute you start drafting, then your hold gets smaller. So it's like someone could say, I want to hold the airport. Well, what about the airport? I haven't decided. I want to hold everything about the airport, all airport things I want to hold. I mean, this is madness. And we have an obligation to legislate and to represent, you know, our residents. And I think if there's any issue where people should be involved is the creation of these constitutional officers. I've been talking a lot about the sheriff, but the tax collector is another one. You know, the tax collector, the tax collector right now donates $30 million to the general fund right now. When the tax collector spins off, you know, and becomes a constitutional officer with their own budget, they're going to take that money with them. They're also going to grow their office because the way that the tax collector is created different than the sheriff, the tax collector now will take Everything that has to do with state licensing, the, you know, our driver's license bureau now comes under the tax collector. So brace for impact, right? As to how much that's going to cost and how big that office is going to be. The elections department spins off. Now you're going to elect the person who determines what, when you have your elections, like you're going to elect that person. And that person when elected can say, actually, you know what? I want to grow the elections department by 30 You know, I want to have offices in so many places. And then we have to deal with that, you know, Um, and they can also go to the governor uh, as a constitutional officer and ask for more funding. However, politically speaking, what we've seen with the other constitutional officers is that the one office that always receives that monetary support from the governor and his cabinet is the sheriff because nobody wants to be anti-public safety.
0: Right. But so, as you've described it, it's not a matter. It's duplicative of what we're already doing. And I don't think, again, I think a lot of what you're talking about is going to be very foreign to many of our listeners. They're, they're not going to understand that. Like, I, I, would, I would bet eight out of 10 people. I've, and I've run campaigns before. But if I did the polling right now, if I brought in Fernand and said, hey, Fernand, I need you to do a poll for me. That you would find out that most the majority of Miami-Dade County think that the sheriff is going to replace the police chief and that this is going to be the new head of all the police.
2: Right. My own board members didn't know a lot of these things. I mean, even, um, even commissioner Martinez, when I first brought it up and I said, we were talking about the headquarters in Doral. I said, well, I don't understand why we're investing in the headquarters in Doral. If you want to take all the police officers, you know, under the sheriff pursuant to the constitution, the office, the headquarters of the sheriff has to be in the seat of the County. And he was like, what are you talking about? And I said, check the statute. So If the Miami-Dade County Police Force goes under the sheriff, that has to be moved to the city of Miami because the city of Miami is the seat of the county. So we have a headquarters in Doral that we're investing all this money in. And the only way to get around that is if now we legislate to expand the seat of the county to encompass Doral. There's all these different, and there's all these, there's there's so many things that are tangled into this. For example, uh, Miami Lakes uh, and Cutler Bay. They actually use Miami-Dade police instead of their own police force. We have to untangle all of that. They have an obligation under our charter to keep that police force. If we don't have that police force, we have to figure out how they go to the sheriff or who's going to be their police department.
1: Yeah. Commissioner, this this is a, another, uh, I don't know. It feels like all of these stories are like, Balls of twine. Fires. no they're dumpster fires and you and then you then you try to put the fire out there's a twine and there's a nest and it's tied up with uh, with hornets and and all kinds of snares it's just amazing thank you for coming on and and filling us in on all this it's always a a great pleasure to have you uh, before and before i let you go but i do oh, hope that 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 uh the reindeer can land on that yeah, well know i have one more question <laughs> before i let you go
0: because all of the questions that you, all of the questions we've asked, and your answers are all very similar. It's a convoluted, tangled web. Which is, if you listened to the former mayor of Opalaka when he stepped down,
2: <laughs>
0: yes. it, it was that type of frustration that's building. So, how, well, where, where is your political career going to such a place oh, that you I, can I love- affect these changes? Because it's yeah. not going to happen well, as a commissioner.
2: It? Well, um, I love being a county commissioner. I've really enjoyed it. You know, um, I've actually passed over 200 legislative items. I've broken every record. I actually found that there's even a rule of how many agenda items you can have. And I almost broke it. I didn't even know there was like a rule. There's like a limit on how many yeah, things no. one commissioner no, can do. No, you're, you are clearly
0: the hardest working commissioner prolific. we've ever seen. <laughs>
2: Right. I'm very prolific. I think I think we can solve these issues. I just think you have to do it. Uh, you have to be cognizant of the time. Right. And and you have to have rules and you have to allow people the opportunity to speak. You know, I think the issue that I have with the county commission right now is it's not structured in a way where the residents can participate. And that's what I think we need to focus on. But I think it can be solved. And I and I do love my job and I love being the county commissioner for Keep game.
0: All right. Well, thank you for coming. We look forward to having you again. You you've raised more questions. We have to have you on again. <laughs> Happy to. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. We'll be right back. Hi, guys. And we go.
1: and we are back on blink antisocial on blink radio 94.5 fm Key Biscayne. we were just talking to commissioner raquel regalado who represents district 7 about a couple of controversial issues but it is now time for segment 3 and it's that time of the day you know where we normally have a um a libation and is it wassail it's christmas season too early for wassail I'm
0: not a beer drinker tony
1: yeah Punch? No, I, I go straight to Jack Daniels, my friend. A hot toddy? <laughs> Some of the other? Maybe it, maybe a little a little extra you know? Punch in your eggnog? Nope. I don't know. No,
0: nope. maybe I'll uh, I'll garnish my Jack Daniels with a little evergreen. That'll be it. Okay, perhaps a little mint.
1: Yes. Yeah, so this is this is segment three, and I again I want to re- thank everybody. Uh, uh, it's it's
0: uh, segment three because we did segment one and two without taking yes, a break. Yes, I are, tried. We, well, we, I we tried. had so
1: many. We had so many. Well, you're in charge of the sound, man. No, that's Will. 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 Yes. <laughs> Yes. There's the always play the bumper music in the background and then the hosts understand it's time to take a break. That always works. Well, we'll had a hard Sometimes. time. Will,
0: this show was a flaming dumpster the, from the get go, like from about Will, one o'clock this afternoon. I mean, we're 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 here, right? Yep. Will yeah. walked in at about 10 till he couldn't get through Art Basel traffic.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, guys. Take your banana and tape it to the wall. <laughs>
0: You know, although I, I yes, I think I think gaffer tape is better than duct tape, but that's because I'm a
1: production guy.
0: Um, what's on your list, so, Tony? What is everybody talking about on social media? Well,
1: I mean, we had a massive uh, decision, uh, or I should say, argument at the U.S. Supreme Court, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so my feed full of like you, as you often have pointed out, journalists and commentators, and have been talking about the the oral argument about this case that would that, that appears to, in, in the view of many, Supreme Court the watchers and who follow the argument that this could be making a major change in, um, the way that the court views abortion in the United States. It's a very emotional issue. And, um, it is, uh, apparently ripe for a, what appears to be a major change. We don't know what form it would take and the court. The court could decide to do nothing in the end, but the the nature of the questions from the new justices and and the, the, the analysis that, uh, court watchers are there for a reason. They they often kind of get the inside view of what's gonna happen. Seems like that's that's in the offing.
0: Yeah. I, I mean I think that a lot of political hay has been made on the abortion issue. Um on both sides. I think it is a wedge issue in which you will find people that's the only it that's the only thing they vote on. Uh are you are you pro-choice, I'll vote for you. If you're pro-life, I'll vote for you. It's sort of that, that that type of issue. So I think as soon as politicians realized that they could get elected solely on that issue, it it sort of blew it out of proportion. I think if you wade down into the weeds, and, and, you know, to your point, Tony, you said this off-air to me that's you know, Here's two men talking about abortion again. Ain't that great?
1: Right, and I, 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 I'm just I'm pointing out that it's on my feed. I mean, for me to have a conversation, I, I, I actually think it's a correct point, and you probably disagree. I do, but I think it's I think I think that having a conversation about this issue, as with two two men here, there's it's obviously a problem with that. Um, and I I I do think it's depends on uh, depends uh, on
0: the point we're trying to talk. If we're talking about well,
1: politics in the courts, I think you know. Listen, I think
0: every show should have at least you know a, a representation of the community wider than ours. It's why we have guests,
1: indeed. But but the <laughs> the, uh, the 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 point is, you know, it is it is one of the arguments that's being made uh, about this decision uh, that the Supreme Court is reviewing is that it is. In the view of 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 a lot of people, that it's um, locking out or ignoring the voices of women, and I, I think that's there is some validity well, to that sh- point. It,
0: it should be ignoring the voices of everybody and being based solely on the law. It shouldn't matter the gender of the voice. It should be factual stuff. I mean, really, what this that, that a lot of what they're talking about is viability. And, well, that's the and, and that's adopting the standards. Adopting standards that m- yeah. m- much of the other countries of the world have adopted. Um, does it right. make sense and, for and, us? And, I don't know. I, and I, that's the not question is: me.
1: Is the Supreme Court a super legislature, or is it
0: not? That's the bigger issue. I think two guys have a right to sit down and say, you know, the, where I was going with the hot button politics is people get voted out of office for their stance on abortion as well, and so you, I. I think you may, you also made another point off the air, which was, and I don't know, you, you didn't mean to make it, but it resonated with me that the uh, Congress, the I'm, people who go to Congress aren't doing their jobs. They're not legislating. They would rather punt to the Supreme Court because it's politically expedient for them. Why would I put legislation together to be voted on that I might get voted out of office for, or I might piss off half of my... You know constituents. I, 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 I think that's a more valuable point. I, I think that the Supreme Court has turned into a super legislative branch by default, and that's not really the purpose of that particular body.
1: I don't. I don't disagree. It, and and the well, that's no right fun. It, well, no. I mean, I. I that's <laughs> for a boring. Segment. But that's actually the the point that. Um, I think a number of the justices made in their arguments as, as you know, the, the arguments being presented about this statute that is up for, up for review in the 15 weeks is a, a, a major change by this unelected body is going to be perceived as a completely political decision because of the way that the appointments were made to the court, uh, particularly the rush appointment of the last justice uh, by president Trump, uh, twice impeached president. Um, and with the normal departures from the normal vetting process that goes in on Supreme Court justices, it's going to be viewed as a completely political decision, w- whether you think it's meritorious or not. And it undermines the, the, the authority of the court. There are, are plenty of cases where justices have uh, uh, ruled that would appear to be opposite from their judicial philosophy. They're constrained by the facts and the law, and they, and they do that. This one, however, is going to be looked at very differently. And so, really, the the burden is what what has changed to to cause a a um, a revisiting of the Casey of the ruling holding in Casey. What's really changed, except that Mississippi has passed this statute. Well,
0: yeah, but I think I think again, I think that goes back. And I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know. But I think the technology has has proven that the viability argument is that we've been operating. I, no, but not, the, a question, the, not, not a question.
1: Not not. But again, why is that in front of the Supreme Court? Yeah, no, No no you're you're
0: correct. It should it, it should not be. Um moving on. Yeah. Um my uh my my feed because people are very reactionary on my feed. Um it's the uh uh the big thing on my feed is the Florida State Guard. The uh this is the oh, yes. uh, proposal by Governor DeSantis. Well it fits um, in with our
1: conversation with with the commissioner, you yes. know? Maybe we need a Dade County militia, and the sheriff could be in charge of that. (laughs) Okay.
0: So, I mean, I know this is awesome, by the way. This story is fantastic for social media. This is a built-for-social-media story because it's so vapid and stupid, and nobody's going to actually bother to look what he's actually proposing. So let's say on the onset that... I think that the sole purpose of proposing it the way the governor did was to stay in the headlines and get people arguing about things like the Second Amendment and, you know, the Third Reich or
1: whatever. Can you help maybe you could explain to me, Tom, because I thought we already had a militia in Florida. It's called the Florida National Guard, and there's an Air National Guard too.
0: Yes. So right. um the way I understand it is he wants to put about 200 members into a civilian volunteer force that would assist the National Guard with things like hurricane natural disaster and other state-specific emergency responses. So they wouldn't really be an armed militia. They would be a volunteer... National Guard auxiliary? Yeah, they would would be the reservists. A National Guard volunteer reservist
1: squadron reservists for the reservists.
0: Yes, it's extra hands. In, you know, people who have a inkling to help their community in times of emergency can go stack sandbags.
1: Isn't that what the Red Cross does?
0: Yeah, but there's not enough hands. There's not enough bodies. So this would be 200 people that could be deployed. It's not armed. These aren't uh this isn't the uh, SS. <laughs> Do they get badges? Storm storm no, but they'll get maybe they get stormtrooper like outfits. They could go
1: I I don't know. <laughs>
0: It sounds There's to me nothing wrong. okay. Here is what this sounds like. Here is what this sounds like. This here. sounds like a giant army cosplay to me. <laughs> but, but that's why that's why it's so awesome for social media because it's it begs for memes. <laughs> um, it's not okay. a terrible idea. I mean, it's, and it's three million dollars. It's three and a half million dollars, which is chicken feed in the uh, in the state budget. Um, but I love the way people l- read into it and go, oh, it's going to be his own private army. <laughs> that's my favorite part about the whole thing. I And I say, keep posting that. I think that, I, that's I, awesome.
1: I, I don't know. I, I, the whole thing to me is like, okay, if the governor thinks it's a good idea, he was elected as the governor. If it needs a budget, it goes to the legislature, it'll be debated. No, that, I, that's not I, the I don't know. I, of it. not lo- this, is, I, I, this is so yeah. he
0: could stay in the headlines and he could say something. Plausible that his opponents will ratchet into the most absurd thing and keep him in the headlines for another few days. So you're saying your your
1: your theory is this is clickbait? Is that what you're trying to tell me?
0: Yes. Okay. <laughs> so maybe we Which, should call part
1: this click you miss. I don't know. I, I I don't know. I I I thought maybe this is okay. So this is the clickbait stuff. Yeah, click click okay. clickbait, clickbait legislation. Okay, I like it. <laughs> All right. We can well, add a section of Robert's Rules of Order. And next, after we do this, we'll take up the click, clickbait clickbait ordination. legislation. What, well, what can, we have? What's happening in Keepers Skin? Is that your next question? Are we segueing yes, into local I, politics. I was. I know you were. I was trying to get off this topic. As well, well as we as we, we are actually going to have we're actually going to have an interesting. Actually, the next uh, uh, story we're writing in in, in the keep Skin Independent it is a law enforcement story. I'll tip people off on that, and it will involve um, a, a new sheriff. No, not a new sheriff, but but it will involve new police officers. Um, It is a uh, it is something that that the uh, budget calls for or allocates funds for, but they have not been hired yet, and so we're going to be finding out what's going on with that. I Um, have this week in um... yeah this week in Us game we had some pretty large traffic issues um that uh, are just they happen periodically people got very upset about it was a trifecta of christmas lights going up on crandon boulevard and a truck that broke down and then a bus broke down and you know it's we're 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 at the very high capacity roadway and one little one little problem at any time can cause a traffic jam on crandon and everyone knows that but the question is 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 there is there does, do the taxpayers want to go forward with this allocation of additional police chiefs, uh, police officers, and we'll talk about that.
0: There is a significantly larger controversy brewing on Key Biscayne
1: right now, Tony. Okay, Tom. I'm braced. I'm braced. Go ahead. It
0: goes by the name of Sous
1: Vide. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, there we are
0: those. There. there are those on Key Biscayne, and I know that you are an upper-class community. I understand that. I get the fact that you guys love the French stuff. <laughs> 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 hoity, French hoity-toity high-class stuff, sous vide. That's not barbecue. <laughs> okay, that's not. They did, the they did, did win. The,
1: they did win the ripoff. They did come. The in ripoff is that what rip-off. you call?
0: Did you call it a rip-off. ripoff? That's oh, terrible. That. that is a Freudian slip. You can't call it a ripoff. I think it was fair and square.
1: It's just the mic popping there. Uh-huh. I know what you
0: meant. Sore loser.
1: Well, I i listen. Uh, there are some people who did who are unhappy with the fact that the sous vide technique. Explain what prevailed is. again under vacuum. Uh, it's a. Uh, Way of as you don't folks who don't know you put th- something in a plastic bag and then you use a special device to cook it at a very controlled temperature and uh, you get really amazing results. Uh, uh, but should it be used for ribs? Some people say no, well, but it's not prepared it Should not it be used for ribs in the rules. Yes, it should be used for ribs. Should it be used for a rib cook-off? Mm, there are those who would say no well that's going to be another debate maybe there'll be a filibuster or a hold i don't know we'll see how maybe the
0: the sous Yop- videurs could have their own contest yes,
1: the, the rib off committee i'll check with york flick and ask him how that i'm sure there'll be a lot of intrigue about that one but i will say this it was a great uh, event uh we had 21 teams come out and really despite the awful weather we had over 300 people show up Pretty awesome. It was awesome. a charity to raise money for the Robert Kemper Scholarship. And we had some fantastic ribs. And I have to say a special uh, thanks again to our team captain of the Meet the Press team. Dan the that's man. M-E-A-T, the press. Dan Winton. Because we came in fourth. We did? We did. We tied with a bunch of other people for fourth. But we still came in fourth. And that's pretty darn good right, for I'm, I'm going to tell you that I did t- I did taste the sous vide ribs. Yeah. They were awesome. Yeah. <laughs> They are. I'm sorry. I I use it at home. You you can take you can take an inexpensive cut of meat and make it taste like prime rib if you're willing to cook it for 24 hours. It, it, that it works.
0: I get it. They, just to be clear, they did not sous vide on premise. They sous vide their no, they ribs, did. and then they brought no they them here they got
1: and... they got there early in the morning, uh, five in the morning, and they fired up their water tanks at five in the morning, and then they finished it off at um, finished it off with a smoker. No, the guys next to us finish it off with a blowtorch. Well, uh, that's right. They also they just, had a searing torch. They just, yeah.
0: seared, they just seared it to make it look like it was on the grill. theres didn't even touch the grill. <laughs> ah, technology. And uh, that brings us to a very important part of our show, because there's only one place that you're going to get news like this, and that's here on Antisocial and in the Key Biscayne Independent, which thank you so much to everybody who donated on give miami day and uh giving tuesday you f- people are just awesome um plus the matching gifts those that that
1: that was like really huge for us um and by the way the matching period is the give miami day portion has closed but we are still in a uh, matching period until the end of the year so again your your donations will be matched by this nonprofit organization called Newsmatch, which is organized by the Miami Foundation with support from the Institute for Nonprofit News, of which we are a proud member. And again, uh, we're trying to launch hyperlocal news in Key Biscayne, yes, but it is a movement. It is a pilot program to bring it to all over Dade County so every community, they know the details of what's going on in in their village halls, their city halls, on a level that's not happening now and people need this information. So it's a great way to help your community. And we thank you and encourage you to donate and donate some more. That's right. Go to
0: uh, kbindependent.org uh, Right up at top, there's a big red banner uh, purple button says donate right under that button. You will see an advertiser, actually an underwriter uh, Miami-Dade County is a new underwriter, and you could see their public notice posted on the site. You'll want to be there at that meeting.
1: Indeed. That's the Rickenbacker meeting we talked earlier about with uh, the commissioner. <clears throat> Wear your masks. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: can if you want. It's a virtual meeting. Yeah, I'm sorry. You, Dreg, dredge, dredge up old, old uh, news. Um, but I think that about does it for us. Uh, really appreciate you being here. And uh I'm Tom Mosloom. Tony Witten. You save everybody. And again and again again. I think I'm love. I think i you love.